Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Here we go. Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT Act and Cultural Transformation. Man, Rich, there's some real need out there for some cultural transformation for a lot of uh for a lot of organizations and for a lot of leaders and a lot of their teams. And we're going to be talking about one of the biggest problems that has been going on. And I'll tell you, this thing has been in the making for, I would like to say just maybe eight, two or three years, but I'm going to be honest with you. It has been in the making for probably generations. Generations. Absolutely. Because this idea we're going to be talking about today, folks, is uh, the quiet quitters. People are quietly quitting kind of under the radar, really never very engaged, not very happy, just kind of getting by, kind of a kind of the flip side of the whole entitlement thing. Just show up and you get a trophy. And what do you get from that? You get people that are minimally engaged <laughs> doing what it is they have to do, whether it's at school or at work or anything else. They're just not really haven't had to work through a lot of challenges and a lot of opposition and strengthen themselves. And so they just kind of show up but they're really kind of almost i'm not going to say that sounds terrible they're not ghosting but they're kind of like ghosts because they're never fully there nope they're not and so rich baron i'm michael bailey let's talk about the quiet quitters let's talk about they're a sad group of people i I really feel bad for them and they're it is a very very complicated is not an easy soluble problem it's um it's it's really quite deep and it's really quite complicated However, there's some things that I think we can suggest to you that will maybe you can start checking to see who's really willing to work with you and who's not so much. So let's start there. Rich, give us some background on the quiet quitters. Well, let's we're we're going to go back to our surprising statistics. I don't know if you you remember we used to have I some do. surprising statistics. Well, here, surprising but... or sometimes even shocking statistics. And you know, no, this is shocking statistics. I would say this falls in the realm of shocking statistics. So a June 2022 Gallup poll put at least 50% of American workers within the category of quiet quitters. 50%. Now, to make that even more shocking, only 32% in this poll of employees uh, employees that were surveyed are actively engaged. So 50% quiet quitters, 32% actively engaged. And then we have another 18% who are kind of the aggressive quitters. They they call them the aggressive quitters, the more vocal. 
And so what is a quiet quitter? Well, let's let's talk about this a little bit. It is uh, kind of defined as only doing the bare minimum, bare minimum to fulfill your job duties. And so only doing what is required, not working beyond your scheduled hours or taking on projects that would require additional work, withdrawing. We see a lot of this, people withdrawing, not communicating with managers, their coworkers. Uh, they're feeling disconnected from the company mission and underperforming, simply underperforming, getting the bare minimum done. And it's like you said, Michael, this is something that's not really new. We're calling it quiet quitters now, but other generations have called it something different. Uh, Gen Xers, uh, they recognize this as the, the old adage, uh, working to live, not living to work. And the boomers, they called it as just settling for mediocrity. So, you, it, you know, whatever you want to call it, the fact is that it's on the rise. You know, we're really starting to recognize this as a serious problem in the workforce today. You know, they first started talking about this notion here, actually, uh, back in the early 1900s. And it was called alienation. Yeah. And they talked about being alienated in society, being alienated at work. And here's what the background of that was, that as the cities and industries started growing and there was this need for this new worker force to come and play, people were leaving the farms for whatever reason. Farms weren't doing well. They may have had some agricultural problems there, or they saw the bright lights or whatever was more exciting in the city. People would leave farms and communities that they had known or maybe had been there for generations and generations. Everybody knew each other. Everybody knew who they were and their kids and their grandkids and on and on and on. So they left their familiar, the familiar place of this community or this village, and they went to the big city, and now they knew nobody. They felt attached to nobody, not to their family, not to their village, not to their, their churches. They were just alienated. And it set up a really bad precedent because people, again, because they didn't have a sense of belonging, they were just working to live. And oftentimes in these factories, they had terrible conditions and their yes. children would be put to work. And it was just a really a terrible situation. So this has been going on for a long time. I think um, there are many bosses who don't care. I think earlier on, there was a lot of bosses who just didn't care to show up and, you know, Let's make the thread or the needles or whatever it might have been. And um, but we know better now. And so what do we do about it? That becomes the question. And, and this 50 percent is kind of interesting because Gallup has done these before. And there's been there's been about 30 percent or so who's always been, you know, very engaged in the workforce in their place of business. That number seems to be holding pretty steady. The 50 percent before were kind of like, you know. You know, I'm here and I'm getting my check and kind of that thing. But there's part of me you could probably pull over to make a larger part of that, you know, part of really, really committed to making the organization work. You know, you could invite right. them to belong to that and be making a great company. And then there's that. It's about 80 percent. They're just really. They're, just, they're not they're noisy quitters, they're, but they're also uh, the ones that are you know, working. Yeah, they and they work against the company, actually. Yes, they do. They actually work against the good of the organization. And, 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 you can, and sometimes you can pull those people over. You can find out what their complaint is and get them on your side. So uh, so how do people identify them? How do 
bosses identify these people more quickly and see if they can be engaged or use them while, or, you know, have not used them, but have them there for you for as long as they're willing to work if you got to have somebody there. Well, I, I think it's the old adage, uh, Michael, silence can be deafening. You know, si- are, they, are these people showing up? Are they, they, are they they just coasting and you can you can tell who's coasting you can tell who's not coasting you can tell who's engaged who's not engaged yeah. those things are are pretty prevalent but the the problem is and, and the one thing that I'll, I'll tell you that kind of angers me about this is we see so many people out there complaining i'm not engaged no one's you know i'm not engaged in the in the workplace no one's in, including me in what needs to be done you know, uh, we've got leaders out there saying our culture, we think we understand culture, but we really don't understand culture. We think we know our employees, we really don't. You know, uh, the brand of the company is not super important to me. It's just the, the 1,500 to 2,000 people out there, but we really don't know what they're thinking in the company. Here's the problem, Michael, is that I I think there's there's so much talk about culture, so much talk about engagement. And so little is actually being done about it. So little is being being done to really engage these employees. And I mean, nobody wants to go to work to sit there for eight hours or whatever it is and just go home. Maybe they're, those quiet quitters do, I suppose. But if you really broke down that 50% and you start asking these people, what is it that you truly want at work? I think this the, the message would be surprising to you. I want more. I want to be engaged. I want to be appreciated. I want to be part of the team. I want to be uh, feel like I'm here to help succeed. But so many, so many times we find out that that is simply not going on because leaders aren't aren't engaging them. They're not engaging them. So what other choice do they have? We can call it quiet quitters if you want, but really, what is it? And if we break it down, what is it truly? Is it a simple uh, lack of of engagement? Is it giving up? What what is it? I think there's two parts to it. I think, as you're saying here, there's there's uh, there's this side of with management leadership. You've got to be able to communicate to your people that you're bringing on that you're accepting them. You're 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 welcoming them into the organization. We've talked about how do you welcome people right from the first right from the very first day. How do you onboard onboard them? We can do that again. The second thing is once you welcome, you've got to help to give them a sense that they belong. This is where you belong. This is a great team. We want you to be, to be part of this team. And with that, as they're going through and they're learning and they're developing their skills in their job, there's two things that you're, you're, you're working to do. You're, number one, you're looking to help them feel this sense of comfort as they're working and learning and also helping them, to, inviting them to work in a cooperative way. And then finally, it's got to make sure that it, they feel safe. It's safe in, in terms of the practices, but also safe emotionally. For those individuals to be there. Now, the other side of that equation is this: look for for employees that are number one. They've got to have a good attitude. That's the first thing. If they don't have a great attitude to start out with, that's probably the first sign that something's not going to go right. Second thing is again, as you're talking about, are they actively involved in what it is that you're teaching them? Will they be doing the activities? Plus, are they willing to take direction? So they're willing to take correction. When you give them correction, it's got to be done in a way that doesn't make them feel bad. It's got to be done in a safe way, a way, a way that helps them feel co- comfortable, that invites them to be cooperative. That's part of it. 
And then are they then reaching out to others as well as others reaching out to them to create associations? Are yeah. we making friends? Are we, are we building a relationship as we do this? And then an interesting thing happens. We want management leadership wants them to have this sense of dedication to the organization. Well, if they're having the good attitude and if they've engaged and they're reaching out to others, the natural physiological and psychological thing that happens is they begin to have a sense of purpose is what you were talking about. There's a reason why we're here. There's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why we're doing what it is that we're doing. And as they develop that sense of purpose, the next thing that happens is they will start developing goals within the organization structure and within what it is that they're doing there. So it's a twofold thing that you're really looking to create here on the side of management and then also on the side of that individual as you're inviting them in. If any point a long way, if managers and leaders, if you're not doing your part, accepting, giving a sense of belonging, comfort, and inviting them to cooperate, and then also doing it in a way that helps them feel safe physically, emotionally, psychologically, uh, physiologically, if you're not doing that, then they're not going to engage. But if all those are there, then you can watch how they start interacting and see how they how you can bring them in so that they become part of something that's really worthwhile, that's something that's really important. Yeah. So it's a twofold kind of a thing. You got to have both sides of this thing. If you don't have both sides, the whole thing is going to just collapse and just go away. But if you know what to watch for, if you know what to do, you can spot it sooner rather than putting a lot of time and money and investment into somebody that's just not going to show up and not going to really work out. You know, you mentioned something that was interesting there and, and engaging these people. We talked about this in a previous podcast not too long ago about when was the last time you had a one-on-one with, with someone in your organization. And according to the same survey, the same Gallup survey, Michael, um, managers who really tackle this quiet quitting head on by engaging employees with a regular one 15 to 30 minute conversation a week, regular conversation engaging them on that one-on-one conversation a week, it has made a substantial difference in those people who were the quiet quitters. They're, they're, they're becoming engaged. They want to be more engaged. The managers find out more about them. And, you know, it's, and it's interesting. I think it's important to have those one-on-one conversations, and this is why. The, the vast majority of these quiet quitters are the younger millennials and the Gen Zs, the under-35 group. But, you know, right now, if you look at the workplace, there are five generations coexisting in the workplace. That hasn't happened before. That really hasn't happened before. And so uh, some of these leaders that may be older probably need to understand how these younger generations work. Having that one-on-one conversation is probably essential to the way these, these workers are. You know, and it's not about work conditions anymore. Gosh, you know, look at the work conditions out now. They're argue, Arguably, they're better than they've ever been. In a lot of ways, always, oftentimes they are distracting. They're not really workplaces. They're places distractions. Yeah, distractions. Yeah, you know. So there's a lot of things. The pandemic, my gosh, that changed the landscape for everybody. Do you know how many men they they say how many men are are that able-bodied men that are not working today? How many? Seven million. Seven million able-bodied men are not going to work. They're staying at home. They're doing whatever. Uh, 
and and the, the, this administration sad 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 to say they one of the last quarter reports they said they had put in it actually hired uh <coughs> I want to say they're not hired, but they had uh, created a million jobs, complete fabrication. It was like 10,000. Yeah. Oh, so there's this perception of what's real, what's real going on. And I think part of what it is you're saying here, what's real in terms of human relationships? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the real, when you really get down to it, work is about human relationships and the quality of the relationships plus the focus on the quality of the work makes for a great culture that's what we've talked about so many times what makes a great culture and so many people well we think we know it is but when it really gets down to it they really don't and they really don't know what to do with it sad to say yeah sad to say absolutely you know and it's an interesting time too right now the economy news in the world social media you know we could probably go on and on about these different reasons but people are concerned about not only about their jobs but they're concerned about uh, there's a lot of worry about a lot of things. Oh, yeah. This I'm sure it's contributing to a lot of this, this, you know, quiet quitting. You know, I'm just here to get it done because who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Discouragement. You're talking about discouragement. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's part of it, what can you leaders do to make your place not a place of discouragement and worry and anxiety? What can you actually do to make it a place of encouragement, a place of hope, a place of productivity, a place where people, good grief, if, if things are going on, and you're describing I think them accurately, Rich, it's a place where there's a lot of downers, a lot of, you can just go look at the prices and gas and food and everything else, but you can go to work and that's a happy place. That's a good place. It's a place where you feel good about yourself. You feel good about what it is you're doing. You feel good about your teammates. You feel good about what everybody's creating it. If you can do that, if you can do that successfully, you will be an employer that attracts a lot of people that are looking for hope, that are looking for purpose, that are looking for an opportunity to use their talents, their skills, and their abilities to do something worthwhile for themselves, not just, you know, paycheck to live, but now really living in this job that they have. That that, that can be a, t- a huge turnaround, leaders, if you just, you know, do these things that we're talking about. You can yeah. talk to us further if you want about how do you actually do that? How do you actually measure it? In fact, let's do this, Rich. How can they, what's something that we could really offer them that say, let's take a look and see what's actually happening here. Let's find the spots that are great, that are not so great. Some places that are just like terrible, maybe you might say in your organization, how could we help them? You know, Michael, we, you know, ACT, Mainline Executive Coaching ACT and Cultural Transformation. We offer some assessments and some advice and some help for your organization that in the past when we've used, utilized these things with other companies, they have been life-changing for the organization. Ways to find out if you are truly ready for you know the culture, if you truly understand the culture in your organization. And then giving your employees that voice to talk to you about about that with a, a very comprehensive report that we can sit down, take a look at what what your your employees are actually feeling, what the leaders in your company are saying, and help you develop a plan going forward. Because you know, silence isn't golden. It's not. Silence is is deafening. 
But when you give people a voice and you give them that opportunity to speak up and say, this is what we feel is in our, in our organization, and you as leaders take that serious, take it serious. And with with the thought, the, the forethought in mind that what we find out about this, we're going to do our best to change, to make those changes. So the question is, what you're saying here is this. If people are saying we just don't know what the problem is or we think we know what the problem is, but we just haven't figured it out. It's kind of like, you know, what is the way to properly diagnose the problem or the situation? Absolutely. You know, people can say, well, I got a kink in my back and I don't know what it is. Maybe I need to go to a chiropractor or maybe I need to go to a massage therapist. Maybe I just need to exercise more. But then you actually go to an expert and say, you know what? You got kidney cancer. That cancer has got to be pulled out. And the sooner we do it, the better before it mastitizes all over your body. And yes. that's real. That's a real, I mean, you've worked with organizations where the, they didn't deal with the problem. And now all of a sudden, the problem is management has lost control. Yep. Now the employees are behaving in a certain kind of way, completely contradictory or countering to what the management wants. But the leaders screwed it up. They had a chance. They had a chance to figure this out. And these tools can actually say, let's dig down. Let's take a look at it. We can help you pinpoint exactly what it is. Maybe all you do need is a massage. Maybe you just need to go to a chiropractor. Maybe you just do need more stretching, more exercising. Yep. Maybe there's something else going on here. But maybe it's something that's really serious. Don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Run to figure it out so that yes. you can get taken care of. Diagnose correctly. And let's take care of it. But yep. without the right tools, the right people helping you to do that. And I think that that's key right there. The right tools with the right people helping you to do that. Do not try to do this in-house. Right. It does not work. No matter how many times and how many companies we've talked to that try to do these assessments and try to, to diagnose their own problems internally, it simply does not work. And here's the irony of those things. The irony of those kinds of surveys are to reveal what's going on. Yes. See what's actually there, right? You know, it's 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 the whole thing of transparency. That's what that whole thing is. However, when it's coming from inside the organization leaders, when you come up with your own cultural assessment and you do things like, make sure you put your name on it. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. What you do is instead of revealing what's going on, you actually find that they're not willing to reveal. Well, why would you do it? Yeah. Why is it you would come up with your own cultural assessment? Yep. I'll tell you why. Because you've got a hidden agenda. You don't want what what might be there about you. You don't want that to be that to be revealed. No. no. Even, and I promise you this: this we've seen this before. Even though you think you're being open and objective and honest, and you want to know the whole story—good, bad, ugly, whatever it may be—you're going to have biases where you don't want to see it. Too much ego is involved. In fact, I tell you what, the very reason you're doing your own cultural survey instead of bringing in experts to do it is because of your ego. Yes. So right from the get-go, you're starting at the wrong point. You're you're screwing it up yourself because I want to do it. And the secret reason is because I only want to know and I don't want to ask the wrong questions and I don't want to find out the wrong information. But else it's about you, but never it's never it can be about me. I don't want to know the wrong information. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Rich, I want to know the whole truth. 
Except about me. Except about <laughs> me. No, I'm not yeah. the problem. Yeah, I want to know about these guys. <laughs> these guys. And, and, and here's the best thing about that, guys. You don't have to sign your name to the thing. Just email it back to us. <laughs> <laughs> don't sign your name. Just email it back. I want yeah. it to be anonymous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? We've seen that. That's the sad thing is, you know, we laugh about this, but we've seen it. Yeah, we we've seen it multiple times and we've seen and not once have there been a success come out of those doing it yourself. <laughs> it's the not one time you could do. It's the dumbest thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how do they get a hold of us? Let's have a shout out here. Got a shout out here for the folks that have been watching us in St. Thomas, Ontario, up there in uh, uh, Canada. Thanks so Canada. much for watching us, St. Thomas. Appreciate it. Spread the word. All of you spread the word about what we're doing here and how we can help you out. So if they wanted to find out what kind of tools that we have for their culture, their leadership, what do they do? Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. Look us up, reach out to us, and uh, let, let's talk. Let's Let's talk. And if you want, we can even give you some folks that we have done some of these for. If you really want to hear, matter of fact, tomorrow, tomorrow, Michael, on our podcast, we're going to have a guest that's going to come on and talk about some of these assessments we're talking about. Not so much about the culture one, but we have people that we can pull on and 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 talk about that as well. If if you know how what their experience was like, yeah. so join us. Make sure you're you're listening tomorrow because these things these things we talk about uh you know they're life changing they absolutely are they're changing for companies they're changing for people uh, and the people who work for you that's right you want to change your business start changing the lives of people yeah because once you help them start changing their lives in the workplace then it will naturally follow that they will change your workplace yeah. and change the, the, what you do in your business yeah. because you did that first. That's what they call throwing the bread out in the water, then it coming back to you. Take yeah. care of your people and we can help you do that. All right. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again for all your support. And uh, we hope that uh, you're getting something out of this because we're having a heck of a time and we sure appreciate all the support from everybody that's, uh, that's listening to us now. Over 40 countries, Michael. Yeah. Over four, we got listeners in over forty countries, and that's that's very humbling. And once again, we appreciate all of you. So take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. You bet. Thank you, and all the best to each of you. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbaronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.